Does anybody know what this week is? This is Holy Week, and so every day this week, there's something significant that happened before uh, Good Friday and before Easter Sunday. And so uh, we're going to look at those significant events that took place before Easter. So every night, every night, starting at six o'clock, we're going to have an Easter devotion. So tonight, as you read through the scriptures on this Holy Week, as you progress and read through the scriptures till we get to Easter Sunday, uh, yesterday we looked at Palm Sunday, Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And right after that, the next day, which is what we call Holy Monday, uh, Jesus, if you look at Matthew chapter 21, you will find in verse number 12, the very next day, Jesus goes into the temple. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, Jesus went into the temple and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed all of them. And so on Monday of Holy Week, Jesus cleansed the temple. And so that's what I want to look at tonight, is the cleansing of the temple. And um, this is significant because uh, Jesus said in verse number 13 of Matthew chapter 21, My house will be called a house of prayer. I want you to notice that Jesus said, My house will be called a house of prayer. And if I had to relate this to your life, I would say that there are three houses. Number one, you have this house, which is what I call the body. You have your house that you live in, which composes of your family. And number three, you have your church family, the house of God. And so you have three houses. You have this house, which is called the body. You have the house, your family that you live among, and then you have your church family that you worship with. So you have three houses. And so Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. So the first question that I want to ask you, do you have prayer in those three houses? Are you praying? Is this house praying? Is your house with your family are you praying with them? And is the church house, is it a praying house? So those three houses, you got this house, you got your family, the house that your family lives in, that house, that home, and then you got the church house. So Jesus said, my house will be a called a house of prayer. And so I'm asking you, is those three houses a house of prayer? Are you praying? Is your family praying? And is the church praying? Those are the three houses. Number two, I want you to see that, um, that Jesus said that you have made my house uh, a house of den of thieves. In other words, my house is not a house of prayer. You are practicing things that are unholy and unacceptable. And so, um, in other words, they elevated profit over worship. And so number two, they elevated profit over worship. Is our worship more about profit or is it more about God? 
Is our prayer more about profit? Is our prayer more about intimacy with God? And if we're not careful, we can have the mindset of a consumerism that it's all about us and we want to make a profit. We pray so that we can make a profit. We worship so that we can make a profit, so we can see what we can get in return. Jesus said, no, you have made it a den of thieves. You have not made it a house of prayer. And prayer is about intimacy to God. Worship is about intimacy to God. It is about ministering to God, not ministering to ourselves for profit. And so is our worship, is our prayer for profit? Or is it ministering to God? Because in the context of this story, Jesus said, you have made my house a den of thieves. In other words, it was about profit for you. It wasn't about prayer and worship. And so we have to be careful that our prayer and that our worship is about ministering to God and not about making a profit for ourselves. Number three, I want you to see that, that they took something that was sacred and made it secular. And wonderful that what God deems holy, we keep holy. And so, um, and I believe that there are sacred places that we should deem holy. And the church house we it is a holy place where we meet together, we pray, we have communion together, we fellowship with believers. We have to be careful that we don't secularize those things that are deemed to be holy. And so is there holy moments in your life? Is there holy spaces in your life? Or is everything just secular to you? I believe that as a Christian, everything should be holy. There's no such thing as a separation between what's secular and what is holy. As a Christian, everything should be holy to us. And then the last thing that I want you to see about this story is that sometimes I think that prayer can be more about observation than participation. It's easy for us to watch someone else pray. It's easy to watch somebody else to worship than for us to participate. And do you know that I think that's the danger of Protestant worship? The danger of Protestant worship is that we come to church and we have our lights, we have loud music, and we have, you know, the beautiful stage designs. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, we do some of that here. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we're not careful, worship becomes more about observation, us looking at the stage, us looking at the presentation, than for us to participate in what God wants us to do. And so I'm asking you in this Holy Week, let us be, let us be participatory in this Holy Week. Let, let's participate in prayer. Let's participate in worship. Let's not observe someone else do it. Let us participate in it. And so in Holy Week, right after Palm Sunday, on Monday, Jesus goes into the temple and he cleanses the temple. And so what can we learn about the story of the cleansing of the temple? Well, number one, Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. And if I had to relate it to you, I would say that there are three houses. Number one, it's this house, which is my body, the house that I live in, which includes my family, and then the church house. Are those three areas of my life, is it participating in prayer? Number two, you got to be careful that uh, prayer doesn't become more of about a profit. 
or that worship is not about a profit mechanism, but worship and prayer is about intimacy, ministering to God, not about profit and what it can do for us. And number three, I want you to see that there are there should be sacred times in our, in our life, holy times in our life that we set aside for time for prayer and for worship. I believe that everything should be holy as a Christian, but there should be sacred times that we set aside for prayer in our life. And the last thing I've asked you this question, is worship and prayer more about observation or is it about participation? You know, I um, I think that the, uh, the story of the cleansing of the temple is actually found in many of the synoptic gospels. But do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, uh, and I'm not sure, I have to go back and look at it, and I'm just doing this from memory, but Jesus said in one of the other stories of the cleansing of the temple, he said, my zeal for your house has consumed me. That's an amazing, amazing scripture. My zeal for your house has consumed me. Do you have that type of zeal for the house of God? Do you have the type of zeal that it has consumed you? And I believe that you do. I can't wait for us to join back together and worship back together and pray together. And in the meantime, let this house be a house of prayer. Let the house, your family, be a house of prayer. But when we get back together, we're going to continue to pray together.